Welding instructor Alex DeClaire knows VR training platforms like ForgeFX help students master their skills. There's a big learning curve with welding. Virtual reality simulates that exact muscle memory that they need. Learn more at meta.com slash metaverse impact. Good evening and welcome to the Hoosier Huddle Podcast. I'm Sammy Jacobs and along with me is TJ Inman. And we are here uh, to talk Indiana football uh, as they sit two and six heading to Michigan this weekend. Uh, 7.30 p.m. game on Fox up at the big house in Ann Arbor. Uh, Indiana is coming off a disappointing uh, 38-35 loss to Maryland uh, in College Park last week to drop them to two and six. Uh, it was their fourth loss in a row, and the season is kind of spiraling out of control if it hasn't already. Uh, but first, a word from our sponsors. Uh, we have a new sponsor that you guys are going to love. Symbol is a stock market for sports that allows you to profit off your knowledge, your sports knowledge. On Symbol, you can trade sports teams like stocks, and every uh, every time your team wins, you earn cash. Use your sports knowledge on Symbol to buy low, sell high, and earn cash payouts when your team wins. Uh, join the 7,000 plus early adopters who have started to invest in their favorite teams. Visit www. Dot .simbull.com to create a free account. And when you deposit, make sure you to use promo code SD to make your rep- uh, deposit risk-free. Visit symbol.com and use the promo code SD and your deposit will be risk-free. That means even if you lose money, Symbol will, refu- will refund your initial deposit. So no questions asked. Uh, join Symbol and start investing and profiting from your um, from your favorite teams. Also, Spotify Greenroom, it's a live audio-only sports talk platform. You can download the Spotify Greenroom app in the iOS app store, create a profile, link your Twitter, and join the league you want to follow. Um, so, TJ, let's go back to... Uh, back to Indiana's loss at Maryland. They lose 38-35. Uh, they kind of had a chance at the end uh you know maryland kind of let them back in it with the late touchdown and and iu actually had a chance at an onside kick which wasn't close uh but what are your takeaways from from the maryland game i know we watched it together and we're frustrated and and things like that but what's your initial takeaways from maryland that IU stock on symbol is probably uh, at a cut rate price and you can invest and buy low, maybe. Eh? Eh? No? <laughs> there we go. Yeah, yeah. Um, so, uh, well, you're right. IU had a chance late. Um, you know, I think the overall takeaway is if you were asked before the game as a fan, and you and I both mentioned this during the game to each other, if Indiana, if you're offered, hey, I used going to score 35 points at Maryland, how do you feel? Pretty good. I feel good about that. I feel like we won. You know, I feel like IU came out of there victorious and probably did so, you know, maybe a little comfortably getting 35 points out of that offense. I feel pretty good about that. Well, IU scored 35 points and lost. Um, 
I think that that is probably the most frustrating part because I'm not suggesting, I don't think anybody should jump to the conclusion that the offense is fixed or that all of a sudden IU has a good offense. No, no, that's not the case. However, it was an overall positive day for the offense, and that should be acknowledged. In a season that IU's offense has really struggled, Saturday was not bad. Indiana did some things very well on offense and still lost. And I think that's probably the most frustrating part is you cannot point to the same issue that we've had the rest of the season and say that's why Indiana lost. Saturday was a different issue. And it was mostly IU's secondary being unable to slow down Maryland's offense and I use defense as a whole, not being able to consistently get pressure on Talia Tagovailoa and force him into mistakes. They did some. They got some pressure, but it was not consistent pressure uh, against him, and he was able to shred IU's defense. They did a nice job against the rushing attack. Maryland didn't really do much rushing the ball. Um, I think – let's see if I can – Pull up our total here. Maryland, uh, average yards per rush, 1.7 for Maryland. So great by the by the rush defense. Uh, now that does include 34 yards lost, but still, Maryland did not successfully run the ball. But Tagovailoa was able to find receivers, which, by the way, not Maryland's best receivers. Those guys are hurt. Demas and Jones were hurt, and we thought that would hurt Maryland's offense. Didn't really look like it. Carlos Carrier, uh, I mean, he had a breakout day for them. Um, Rakeem Jarrett had some had some nice catches, uh, but largely it was just holes in IU's secondary. I think a lot of that can be attributed to just guys are exhausted out there because they cannot rotate. They just don't have anybody left. There's yeah. really not that many healthy guys left in the secondary. They can't rotate. They're getting worn out. Taiwan Mullen probably shouldn't have played at all. Uh, he came out for the first half, was clearly hampered by his ankle injury, um, did not dress for the second half. Gennetti, unable to go. We already know that they were without Reese Taylor. They are without Christopher Keyes. Uh, Larry Tracy transferred. I mean, it's just a, it's a beleaguered group that's been just decimated by injuries and they were unable to keep up with Maryland's offense. So I think the biggest concern for me is the offense had a good day and did a lot of things that you would think would be good enough to win and they still weren't able to beat a mediocre Maryland team. Yeah, that's exactly right. And, you know, as Donovan McCauley got better as the game went along, he should have thrown three interceptions. Uh, and one of them gets hits a Maryland guy in the head and, and goes for a 41-yard pass to Miles Marshall. There was another play where the ball, three Maryland defenders had a chance at it, banged into each other, and basically broke up their own interception. Uh, and then there was one more. Um, that just went through somebody's hands as well. So it, it's 
as well as he played in the second half and, and throwing for 242 yards uh, and commanding the offense to 35 points and, and getting the ball to, to Peyton Hendershot, it, there was a little bit of smoke and mirrors in terms of those numbers and how well they played. But it was clear that the coaching staff did not trust him in, in on third down throwing the ball. Uh, they, I think they yeah. only threw they threw four times. He was sacked twice, so really six times they tried to throw the ball. He was sacked twice, and then they ran the rest of the time. But they on third and long they ran that quarterback draw, which worked once. Uh, and say what you will, if you missed a read or whatever, you know on third and seven a draw you're not getting it most of the time. And then if you're going to run that play probably should go for it on fourth down if you pick up yards and things like that. Uh, they didn't target Peyton Hendershot enough. He had an outstanding game. Uh, Ty Freifogel was the other main receiver there. But outside, until the last quarter, uh, it was all the targets went to uh, Peyton Hendershot and, and Ty Freifogel. Uh, the disappointing part was – we heard about all these young wide receivers trying to, you know, taking first and second team reps and maybe being in the rotation. And we just saw the same three guys. And it's at some point, and maybe now with four games left and the ability to still redshirt some of these guys and letting them play in four games and, you know, bowl eligibility is likely off the table. You know, I use a 20 point underdog this week. So it's likely off the table. Uh, to uh, to get to a bowl, yeah, maybe you start a youth movement. But that was, I, you know, I thought the offensive line played okay uh, at, at times. They did. IU did run for the uh, the ball for over 200 yards. You finally got a Stephen uh, a Stephen Carr. What's that? Stephen Houston. Uh, you got a Stephen Carr long touchdown run. That was good to see. But it, it was when it's not one thing, it's the other on Saturday, it was the defense. And, and I think it finally caught up to them and probably caught up to them against Ohio state. Although it might not have mattered um, the injury, the, the injuries to the secondary. And you're without, like you said, Tywin Mullen, Josh Sanguinetti and Reese Taylor, which are your top three, uh, three of your top four defensive backs on the depth chart. It's going to take a toll. And I thought, you know, even without Demas and um, and Jayshon Jones, Maryland's just they've got athletes. They use tempo. You know, that's something I know when we were watching the game together, TJ, you said I use got to got to go when they get a first down, just go and use tempo. It, it seems like I use very easy to prepare for uh, and, and things yeah. like that. So. It, it, it was a frustrating loss. You had Charles Campbell. You, you know, I thought special teams played fantastic outside of the Charles Campbell missed field goal. They blocked a punt, set the offense up at the 13-yard line. IU gets no points out of that. They did a, a really nice fake punt that uh, resulted in a drive that ended in a field goal. Uh, the, the onside kick was not good. It wasn't even close. Uh, they tried to do a, a fake reverse or reverse on a kickoff. Uh, it didn't get the results that you wanted, but at least they tried. But it, it's, you know, again, if it's not one thing, it's the other. It's a frustrating loss in a season of frustrating losses. Now I use sitting at two and six, which a lot of people thought was un, unheard of. However, yeah. the good news is, is that there is young talent on this team 
that hopefully we get to see. And it's becoming clearer and clearer uh, what Tom Allen has to do in the offseason to fix the issues uh, that happened in 2021. But with that, let's get another ad read in and, uh, and get to Michigan. Uh, Symbol, like TJ said, is a sports, uh, sports stock market that allows you to profit off of your sports knowledge. There are two ways to make money on Symbol. First, every time a team you own wins, you earn a cash payout. Second, just like the stock market, if you think your team is going to increase in value, you can buy low, like IU, and sell high for a profit, should they win. Use promo code SD to make your first deposit risk-free. That means even if you lose money or just decide uh, the market isn't for you, Symbol will refund your initial deposit. No questions asked. Also, it's Spotify Greenroom. It's a live audio-only sports talk platform. You could talk to other fans, athletes, and insiders in real time. All you have to do is download the Spotify Greenroom app free in the iOS app store, create a profile, link your Twitter, and find the leagues that you want to join. All right, TJ, IU goes to Michigan this weekend. Another night game, uh, which is does not make me happy. Another night game because apparently there's no other college football game that Fox wanted to show at 7.30, which is true if you go look at the schedule. Um, it, it is not a great slate of games, which means it's going to be a wild weekend in college football. Um, 7.30 on Fox up at the Big House. IU is it opened as a 20-point underdog. I thought I saw the line at minus 17 sometime today. Indiana needs – this is – everybody said a must-win, must-win. This is officially the first must-win game to avoid not qualifying for a bowl. Uh, so if IU goes up to Michigan, does not come out victorious, it will be their seventh loss, which officially puts them out of bowl contention. Uh, TJ, what are your first initial uh, initial thoughts on this matchup? Michigan is coming off a narrow, controversial uh, loss to Michigan State on Saturday. Uh, they sit at 7-1. and one. Uh, what are your initial thoughts on this game? Real quick, before I hit Michigan, you mentioned Peyton Hendershot, but I want to give uh, special props to Hendershot, a guy that many, including the staff of Hoosier Huddle, has been calling on to get more involved in the offense, get him the ball. Every time IU throws to him, it seems like something good is happening. I still don't think he was involved enough. I think there are long stretches where they forget about him. It's incredibly frustrating. But when he does get a chance, he's really, really good. And, uh, you know, I, I felt good for Peyton getting to have a game like that. And hopefully uh, we can see him. He became IU's all-time leader uh, in tight end reception uh, yardage. So um, congratulations to, to Peyton Hendershot, and hopefully he can – extend that record over his final few games here but uh on to michigan look uh it's a, a team that you know they, they tried really hard to turn into kind of a spread offense and it didn't really work at any point um i, I think that jim harbaugh deserves some credit for being willing to admit a mistake while not publicly coming out and admitting anything, he, you know, made it clear with some adjustments that he made on his staff that he had to make changes. And they did. They got a lot younger on their staff um, and brought in some new ideas. But 
also turned back to a bit of a more older idea. Michigan is still not, you know, they're not going back to Harbaugh's Stanford days, lining up in the I formation often, but they have moved to a lot of two tight end sets. It is a much, uh, they, they would like to envision themselves as the most physical team on the field. And that's going to be their ethos. What they want to do is get the ball and pound it. Uh, a lot more runs than you're going to see passes. When they do pass, it's often going to be, again, those two tight end sets, multiple looks coming out with play action off of successful runs. Uh, they're running it for 5.35 yards a carry, and that's on the back of a, two really good running backs, Blake Corum and Hassan Haskins, getting the bulk of those carries. Donovan Edwards, a freshman, uh, is getting some run as well. But, you know, they're, they're going to give Corum and Haskins 15 to 20 yard, or 20 carries each. Uh, you're going to see them both get the ball somewhere between 15 and 20 times probably and they both average over 80 yards a game. So those two are going to be the bell cows for them on offense. And on defense, it's kind of the same as it's always been. Don Brown is not the defensive coordinator, but Michigan continues to just, you know, make a living out of getting into opposing backfields uh, and creating some havoc. Aiden Hutchinson, one of the best defensive players in the Big Ten, uh, he will certainly be an all Big Ten performer. He's got seven sacks on the year. Uh, and then David Ojabo, I think is how you say that. Uh, he's a linebacker that also gets a ton of pressure for them. They, they have a, a good defense. It's not a great defense by any means. I think the strength of their team is their running game. Um, and then I, I think that they had to be at least pretty pleased with what they saw from Cade McNamara. Um, on Saturday, I thought he was pretty good for Michigan. You know, they had some mistakes and they continue to try and mix in JJ McCarthy and keep him involved. He's the backup quarterback, uh, kind of a more of an athlete. Um, they try and get him involved and he's made a couple of mistakes uh, against Michigan State. One was a costly turnover, but Kate McNamara, uh, you know, he's completing over 63% of his passes. I guess the term you could put on him is kind of a game manager type. They don't ask him to do a ton. This is an offense that's going to line up and try and smash it down Indiana's throat again and again until IU can stop it. Um, on paper, that does match up fairly well with what IU has currently personnel-wise. Uh, this is not a team, honestly, I don't think their athletes on the outside are as good as even Maryland's, um, just strictly at receiver. But clearly in the trenches, they're much better than the Terrapins. Uh, so it's gonna be interesting to see how IU's defense is able to match up with an offense like this, which is different, and the spread out offenses we've seen them go up against with Ohio State, uh, Maryland, Western Kentucky, you know, played a lot of teams like this. This team, Michigan, closer to Michigan State and what they want to do on offense, um, just in terms of philosophy. And IU did really well against the Spartans. You just got to wonder how much is left in the tank for that Hoosier defense uh, and, and 
are they up for the physicality that Michigan's going to bring to this? And then what's Michigan's mentality going to be after another loss to a rival? Is that going to stoke their flame and they're going to come out red hot uh, and, and, you know, just pissed off and ready to go? Or is it going to be one where they're kind of sleepwalking through it as they feel like a, a Big Ten title, you know, slipped away from them possibly last week or a chance at one? Uh, and here comes two and six IU and we don't really need to be awake for this one. Hard to say. But if I were guessing, I'd say IU sees a, a pretty good Michigan performance on Saturday, unfortunately. Yeah, I'm right there with you. I think the night game kind of hurts IU uh, in, in terms of, you know, it, it's a rarity up at the uh, up at the big house to get a night game. It, it's not a, one of these sleepy noon games after a, a huge rivalry game uh, and things like that. So I think Michigan's going to be ready. Plus, they lost to IU last year, and it's got to be in the back of their mind um, that, hey, we, we owe them, you know, we, we owe them a little bit of payback. So it's it just – it's another top 25 team. IU has to go on the road and play. Um, but there are things to get out of the season. I know fans are jumping ship and, and things like that. But there are things that you want to see in this game. You want to see how Donovan McCauley could play on the road in front of 100,000 people under the lights uh, against Michigan. You want to see how the offensive line responds. Um, are they going to use some of these young guys? Things like that. Uh, so there, there are things to watch if, if you want to watch. In all fairness, I, I totally understand why the fans checked out. You know, this team was so hyped up preseason and in typical uh, IU fashion, as they say, that blew up in their face. And, you know, it, it's this is why it's so difficult to build a fan base for IU because they had two really good seasons back to back. Now, you know, a two, you're, you're staring at uh, you're ending your bowl streak and things like that. You came into the season at 17. Um, it kind of fell apart or it, it kind of, it did fall apart early uh, for IU. You have Penix and Jack Cuddle get hurt uh, during the season. It's just, it, at some point, IU fans are going to say enough is enough and, and walk away because the hype was there. And I think the hype was kind of justified. Now, look, there were people saying that IU would start 6-0, and uh, that they were a top-10 team, uh, and things like that. This team was, was always flawed. Uh, you know, we had concerns about the offensive line coming in. What you didn't have a concern about was the play of the quarterback, uh, wide receivers, and things like that. You thought that would be fine uh, outside of maybe Michael Penick's getting banged up uh, in his injury history. But you thought you'd have a capable backup in Jack Tuttle, but he gets hurt. Uh, you didn't think that Tywin Mullen would go down. Uh, you didn't think that Reese Taylor would go down. Uh, and the hits that they've had in the secondary. Uh, and there have been some nice surprises. You know, the defensive line has played well and things like that. So I, I get why people have checked out, but there's still some things to watch on uh, in this game and, and for the future of IU football. It's, it's just tough sledding to go up to Michigan 
especially after a loss where Michigan probably feels like they should have won that game. There was a, a sack fumble return, uh, recovered for a touchdown that got called back that at best might have, should have been a stands as called, which is a touchdown. Uh, and, you know, they, they lose by four up at, at Michigan State. There was another Kenneth Walker dropped the ball going across the goal line, which is another super-duper close play. But, you know, that could have resulted in a touchback for Michigan instead of a touchdown for, for Michigan State. So they're going to come out um, a little hot under the collar uh, up at the big house. Um, TJ, what's your matchup to watch on Saturday? Well, I think the most interesting thing to see play out over the remainder of this season is the development and growth of Donovan McCauley. Uh, you know, you're, you're looking towards the future, and I think every game uh, and every practice needs to be taken by Tom Allen as an evaluation of every position, and that is on his staff and the personnel on the field. Every single position up and down that depth chart, you you're need to spend the remainder of this season and this practice time evaluating who am I comfortable with moving forward and who do I need to look at somebody else for this role. And the transfer portal, as Michigan State is evidence of, is a fantastic weapon to utilize to rebuild a team. Fill in holes that are in place, identify those holes, fill them in with transfer candidates from the portal, and, and hope that you can cobble together a you know, cohesive team that becomes better than the sum of the parts. Um, so I, I'm probably most interested to see the quarterback position and the growth of Donovan McCauley as we look towards the offseason and towards next year, you know, we don't know what the status of Michael Penix is going to be for next season. We don't know what Jack Tuttle's status is going to be for next season. We know that Donovan McCauley is currently healthy and is currently a freshman. So right now he has the brightest future among that group and the most unknown as well. And I think it's going to be fascinating to see how Donovan McCauley grows and progresses from start number one to start number two. You know, we saw growth during that first game. And are we going to see even more as we go into the second game against a much different animal in Michigan's defense than, than Maryland's? And like you said, in terms of atmosphere, a much different animal as well. Uh, so I guess in terms of matchup, I'll go with Donovan McCauley uh, against the Michigan defense. Um, you know, how does he handle that environment and, and a team of that caliber? Uh, I don't think anybody should be jumping to conclusions about what Donovan McCauley is or is not based on what we see on the field, but it's going to be very interesting data points uh, that we can use to evaluate things moving forward. Yeah, that's a good matchup to watch. And, and I think, you know, I'll, I'll take a de the defensive side of the ball. Uh, I want to see, I want to see uh, Micah McFadden against Blake Corum and, and Hassan ha and Hassan Hankin, uh, Haskins. 
Sorry, they have 20 touchdowns combined between the both of them. They're averaging uh, combined about five, almost five and a half yards per carry. And McFadden's been so fun to watch uh, over this year. So, you know, he's going up against two really good running backs. Uh, that's my matchup to watch uh, there. What's, uh, what's your key outside of scoring more points than Michigan? What is your key for Indiana to come out of Michigan with a win? for the first time in forever. Yeah. Yeah, this is certainly not the year you would pick for that uh, historic streak to end. Um, I, I think that there are two things that absolutely have to happen for Indiana to be able to sniff an upset. Number one, the defense has to start forcing takeaways. They have to figure out a way to get multiple takeaways in this contest, whether that's fumble recoveries, interceptions. They've got to figure that part of it out. It just has not happened this season. Um, number two, IU has got to be perfect in the red zone. Anytime they get a scoring opportunity, they've got to capitalize on it and get points. And most of those points need to be touchdowns. Uh, so I think those are the, the two things that IU has to have happen if they're going to stay competitive on Saturday. Yeah, that's uh, that's a, as good of a, a key to the game uh, as possible. I, I'm going to go along those lines the, and add in, they're going to have to do something big on special teams. Uh, you have to win all three phases of the game. You have to win on offense, you have to win on defense, and you have to win on special teams. Tom Allen today mentioned IU needs to play complementary football, so if the Offense is scoring, your defense has to make stops. If your defense is making stops, your offense has to score. And if your special teams gets a block punt inside the, the 20, you got to, the offense has to score, things like that. But I think it's going to take it there, the, an A plus game from all three phases to end up winning this game for IU. TJ, what's your prediction for Saturday? Yeah, so Michigan on the season is roughly plus 20 on average. They're about 37 points a game, giving up about 17 points a game. Um, I honestly think the game's going to play out somewhat similar to that. But I'm going to take Indiana scoring 13. I just don't have much confidence against this offense uh, going against an actual good defense, um, which Maryland is decidedly not. So I'm going to go IU scoring 13, Michigan putting up 34. Uh, so IU holds them to two field goals, four touchdowns. So 34 to 13, which I guess by that measure, Michigan just barely covers. You said 34, 14? Uh, 13. IU 13. gets the touchdown, field goals, yeah. Yeah, I, I'm along those lines, although I think it's going to depend if Reese Taylor and Tywin Mullen play on how many points Michigan could put up. I, I'm that quite a bit. Yeah. Yeah. I'm going to take, uh, I'm going to take my prediction is they're not going to play. It's, yep. I, I don't, there's no reason for them to, if they're that hurt and couldn't play, uh, especially the way Tywin looked against uh, Maryland. I, I'm going to yeah. take Michigan 38, IU 10. Uh, it's, Tough sledding to go up there, and IU just hasn't proved it this year that they could go on the road 
and beat a team that's that's better than them, uh, or at least even with them. Uh, in in the uh, Michigan's clearly better right now, but Maryland is it was probably even. I, I'm going to go 38-10 uh, Michigan, and then you you hope to see a youth movement over the last four games, and and we'll see. It's been a disappointing season for sure. Uh, you got to get one of the next four. You cannot end the season over in the Big Ten and sitting at two and ten uh, and expect. I mean, I don't think the momentum goes all the way, all the way away, but you know, the narrative changes a lot from you're an up and coming team to, well, we're the last two years just a blip on the radar and things like that. But it's going to be a wild off season for college football. Many, uh, most of the, a lot of jobs have opened, uh, and it, it's gearing up to be a busy off season for for the Hoosiers as well. Um, Again, Indiana kicks off against Michigan at the Big House up in Ann Arbor at 7.30 on Fox. Uh, tune in uh, tune in to watch the game. You can follow it on Twitter just in case there are more issues on Hulu and BTN. Like last week, uh, follow us at, at Hoosier underscore huddle uh, and hit up the website at uh, HoosierHuddle.com. TJ, thanks for joining us today. I know it's getting kind of miserable talking about losses, but a little football therapy never hurt anybody. Absolutely. Yeah. I hope everybody, uh, you know, sticks with us and we'll, uh, you know, we're going to do everything we can to give you meaningful, interesting content by looking at all angles of this thing and, and figuring out where to go from here. Um, as a site, we're not going anywhere, but uh, where the IU football program um, turns to from here and whether that's personnel changes, staff changes, um, you know, we'll be here given whatever content uh, becomes available and trying to keep things interesting as we head down the stretch into the off season. So I appreciate everybody listening and hope uh, y'all have a good week. Yeah. Keep listening. Keep uh, reading. Misery loves company. Uh, have a, a good week. Stay warm. Uh, and, you know, we'll, we'll get through football season, then the off season begins. And there's a lot to talk heading into the off season as well. Uh, but that does it for tonight's show. Head to HoosierHuddle.com. You can download the show as well on Spotify and Apple uh, or wherever you find your podcast. Thank you again to all our listeners and all our readers. I know it's been a tough season, but we appreciate you being with us uh, the rest of the way. Professional welder Shayna Ford used VR training developed by ForgeFX to hone her skills as a welder. The more time that you spend practicing it, that's what separates a good welder from a great welder. VR training can help students like Shayna repeatedly practice specific skills. Virtual reality definitely helps because the more muscle memory that you have, the smoother your weld is. Explore more stories like Shayna's at meta.com slash metaverseimpact. As you write your life story, you're far from finished. Are you looking to close the book on your job? Maybe turn a page in your career. Be Continued at the Georgetown University School of Continuing Studies. Our professional master's degrees and certificates are designed to meet you where you are and take you where you want to go. At Georgetown SCS, 
The learning never stops, and neither do you. Write your next chapter. Be continued at scs.georgetown.edu slash podcast. I normally find bras to be so uncomfortable and constricting, but Skims has changed that. You know I love Skims underwear, so I finally tried their bras, and Skims has delivered again. Skims bras are worth the hype for the amazing shape and support they give, but what I wasn't expecting was how comfortable they are too. I've tried so many bras in the past, and the main issue that I have is that they weren't supportive enough, to the point where they felt slouchy. I love my Skims wireless form bra because it's so comfortable and supportive. The older I get, the more I care about actually being comfortable in what I wear every day. And with my wireless form bra, I no longer have to sacrifice my comfort for the support I need. Shop Skims Bras at skims.com, now available in 62 sizes, 30A to 46H. Plus, get free shipping on all orders over $75. If you haven't yet, be sure to let them know we sent you. After you place your order, select Podcast in the survey, and select our show in the drop-down menu that follows.